John chapter 4 is where you are in your Bible. The story of Jesus and the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, is obviously a very common or familiar story. But like I said, we're going to take a little of a closer look to it. Brother Rob, I'm going to use this if that's all right. Am I on? All right, great. But as we know, Jesus was of Jewish descent. And there was a very strong dislike. In fact, there was an enmity between the Samaritans people and the Jewish people. They hated each other. So the racial, in this, when we look in this passage and we see them that cross paths and we see them interact, the racial, the cultural, not to mention the theological barriers that were present at this encounter were insurmountable. So not only did they believe something different, not only was their culture different, but man, they hated each other, the Jews and the Samaritans. So how amazing was it for Jesus to be here of Jewish descent talking to a Samaritan woman? Nonetheless, back in those days, women weren't treated the greatest, so uh, almost as secondhand citizens in this time in uh, world history. And so Jesus is not only now the Messiah, the Son of God, encountering a Samaritan, but he's encountering a Samaritan woman. And so for him to be here and talking to this woman is, as you see later in the chapter, it baffles the disciples. They're amazed that Jesus took the time to see this woman. And it wasn't as Jesus just came across this woman by accident. As you notice in verse 3 of that chapter, he was headed somewhere in the complete opposite direction, but he made sure that he went out of his way through Samaria because he knew that he was supposed to have this encounter with this woman. And so how amazing that here we find Jesus out of his way to talk with this woman. And what I want to focus on this morning just for a few minutes is what this woman found when she met Jesus and how we can find in our life The very same thing if we seek him and if we obey him. So let's look into it this morning. John chapter 4, let's look at verses 13 through 15. You can follow along as I read. The Bible says, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. The first thing we find in this passage as we look is this woman, when she found Jesus, the first thing that she found was salvation. Now, if she left this encounter and that's all she found, then man, she made out well because that's the most important thing. But we notice this morning that eternal life, salvation, is only found through Jesus Christ. We cannot work our way to heaven There is no point system where we can obtain a certain amount of points to get to heaven. No, this morning I tell you there's only one way to get to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. Titus chapter 3 verse 5 says, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. By grace through faith are we saved through Jesus Christ. He's the only way to heaven. And when this woman encounters Jesus, the first thing he tells her about, the most important thing he tells her about is salvation, and that it can only be found through him. I don't want you to take my word for it this morning, but if you don't mind flipping over to Ephesians chapter 2. You can hold your place in John chapter 4. We're going to use our Bibles a little bit. It's going to go fast, so if you can't keep up, you can just listen. Listen, But Ephesians chapter 2, she found salvation. Salvation can only be found through Jesus Christ. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. If you are in Ephesians chapter 2, and i got to get there myself this morning, we're going to pick it up in verses 8 and 9. I got to get there myself. I should have marked it. Here we go. Ephesians chapter 2, 
verses 8 through 9. The Bible says, familiar verses, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Notice this, not of works, lest any man should boast. Again, I tell you this morning, the only way you can be saved, the only way you can have a home in heaven and have Jesus Christ in your heart is by grace, through faith, through him. And when this woman encounters Jesus, the first thing she finds is salvation. Now, this morning, you can find salvation through Jesus Christ as well. If you're not sure you're saved, if you're not sure you have a home in heaven, you can find the same thing by going to him just like this woman did. But can I urge with you this morning, do not procrastinate on that decision. Don't push that aside. Don't come to church here every single morning, every Sunday morning, and hear the pastor up here talking and preaching the Bible, and you walk away, and you're not sure that you're saved. You're not sure that you have a home in heaven. You know, there's an old tale that goes... The devil and his cohorts were coming up and devising a plan to how they can get people to reject the gospel. And as they sat there together and they started to come up with different ideas, a few of them said, hey, let's, just, let's tell all those people in the world that there's no God. There's no God. That, that'll get them to reject the gospel. And silence prevailed among the room as they thought about it. But they sat back and said, that's not going to work. Everybody knows there's some kind of higher being. So they decided to keep going and come up with some more ideas. They said, hey, let's tell them there's no heaven or hell. There's no punishment for sin. Quickly, as they sat there and thought about it, they turned that down because they, they know most people have a moral compass. Most people have a conscience, so that's not going to work. But then they came up with this. They said, hey, let's tell them there is a God. Let's tell them there is a hell. And the Bible is the word of God. But let's tell them there's plenty of time to decide the question. Let them neglect the gospel until it's too late. The tale goes that they uproared because they found their answer. For they knew that if a person procrastinated in Christ, they usually never accept him. And can I tell you this morning, don't procrastinate. Don't put it aside. Nail it down. Make sure that you know you're saved. Make sure that Jesus Christ is in your heart. And if you do not know that heaven is your home, you can know that today. But again, can I say, you can't know that through works. You can't obtain that yourself. You can get that through one person alone, and that is Jesus Christ. And this woman, when she encountered Jesus... She found salvation. But notice, secondly, in verses 16 through 19, we're back in John chapter 4. John chapter 4, verses 16 through 19, not only did she find salvation with her encounter with Jesus, but we'll read and we'll start in verse 16. Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands. And he whom now, who thou now hast is not thy husband, and that saidest thou truly. So it's pretty obvious as we read that scripture, this woman had a lot of issues. Pain, hurting, I'm sure demons in her past that led her to making poor decisions. She had five different husbands and was now living with another man who some people assume maybe was married himself. But Jesus did not ridicule her. He did not judge her. He did not call her to be stoned, which was a custom in those days, but he made her aware that he knew what was going on in her life. Side note there, we can't hide anything from God. He knows everything that's going on in our life. But he offered her, number two, healing. This woman found salvation through Jesus, but she found healing through Jesus. He offered her a chance to make wrong right and to have a fresh start. And this morning, whether we want to admit it or not, we all sit here this morning and we all have issues, whether we admit it or not. We all have pain in our lives, fears in our life, hurts in our life, mistakes or scars that maybe no one knows about. But can I tell you this morning, God knows. 
God knows. And he's not out to judge you. He's not out to yell at you. He's not out to scorn you. He wants you to know this morning that he loves you and that he's here for you with open arms and he wants to offer you healing and a fresh start. See, true healing can be found through Jesus Christ. A fresh start can be found in Jesus Christ. If here you're here this morning and you struggle with something from your past, maybe something that to this day not even your spouse or family knows about that haunts you, that when you put your pe- uh, head on your pillow at night, it's the last thought in your mind before you go to bed. Can I tell you, Jesus knows. He knows, and he comes, and he says, hey, come to me. I want to offer you healing. I want to give you a fresh start. Hey, yesterday was yesterday. Put it in the past. I want to give you healing, a new start. If you look in your Bible, again, I don't want you to take my word from it, but I want to show you Psalms. Actually, let's go on Matthew. Matthew chapter 11. You can hold your place in John chapter 4. But Matthew chapter 11, we notice that when she found Jesus, she found salvation. But number two, she found healing. Matthew 11 28, this is Jesus speaking. Here's what he says. He says, come unto me, all ye that, are, that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The only person that can give you true healing in your life is Jesus Christ. You're not going to find healing in the world. You're not going to find healing in the different things that the world offers us. Healing and forgiveness will be found through only one person, and that's Jesus Christ. And this woman soon recognized that in her conversation with him. I read a book a few years back. Many of you might have read it, or I think they came up with a movie about it, but titled Unbroken. And the movie details the life of a famous uh, Olympic athlete named Louis Zamperini. And Zamperini, he, when he, as he grew up, he got in a lot of trouble. He uh, was, had a pretty rough childhood. He was constantly getting himself in trouble with the police. And his older brother decided, hey, to clean him up and to give him you know, a fresh start and keep him out of trouble... I'm going to get him involved in sports. It turned out that uh, Zamperini was actually a very talented runner. He was a very talented athlete. In California, where his high school was back in the, uh, the 20s, late 20s and 30s, he soon became one of the top athletes in the state. He had record times in high school for running, and he soon became a world-class athlete, so much so that he was chosen by America to be in the 1936 Olympics, where history tells us in his story that even there he met Hitler himself because he... Olympics that year, I believe, were in Germany. And so Zamperini, man, he was uh, one of the best athletes that you can ever learn about or read about. But unfortunately, during that time, World War II broke out. And Zamperini enlisted in World War II. He enlisted in war for America. In his time in war, as he tells his story, and if you read his book, he, uh, got, he was in a, in a plane and they got in a crash where they were stranded at, in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Many men on that plane died in that crash, but Zamperini and a few others survived. And as you read the story, it says they were there for weeks in the middle of the Pacific Ocean doing what they could to survive that crash. They were in such uh, dire straits. It was such a horrible situation that as they were clinging to the lifeboat, stranded there in the Pacific Ocean, there would be sharks that would circle around them, and they would have to fight off the sharks from attacking them. But pretty soon, not only that, the Japanese fighter planes would see that these guys were Americans when they would fly over and see that they were stranded. And so instead of uh, picking them up or helping them, they would fire their uh, weaponry at them from the sky down into the ocean. And in that split second, Zamperini and his men had to decide, do we take our chances with these bullets flying at us or do we go underwater and dodge the bullets but take our chances with the sharks and fight them off? Miraculously... After being stranded at sea for weeks, 
him and a, uh, a couple of the fellow survivors from that plane crash were picked up from a Japanese boat. But things didn't get any better for him. After he was picked up from that boat, he began to suffer two years worth of torture in a POW camp. A Japanese off- officer he talks about, if you read his book, in that camp who those American soldiers called the bird, was what they entitled him, what they nicknamed him. And this officer knew who Zamperini was. He knew he was an Olympic athlete from America. He knew his story. And he made it his mission while in that camp to do everything he could to break Zamperini, to abuse and torture Zamperini. He says, he details in his book, he had a belt that was about five inches wide, half inch thick with a big steel buckle. And he would take that off and he would uh, slam it against Zamperini's temple, knocked him on the floor until blood was going everywhere. One time he had every man in that POW camp, every American soldier that was in that camp, line up. And I imagine several hundred of them. And he stood Zamperini in the front and he said, all right, one at a time, every one of you are going to come up here and you're going to punch him in the face as hard as you can. And if I don't think that you're punching him as hard as you can, you're going to be punished. He did everything he could to break Zamperini. In fact, later on in his life, Zamperini said he hated him. He hated the bird. He wanted nothing more than to kill this guy. He had such a hatred for him. Hey, we'll talk about an emotional scarring. Talk about a difficulty in his life. Miraculously, again, though, after two years of being in that camp, the war was over and Zamperini survived and went back to California to be with his wife. But time was not healing his wounds from war. It was actually making them worse. One night in his sleep, he tells his testimony, and he says that he had a dream, a nightmare. Every single night he would have a nightmare of war and the things he went through. And he had a nightmare where he was strangling the bird, and he was killing him, and he woke up in the middle of the night and realized he was strangling his wife who was right next to him. And so he knew, man, things were getting worse and scared and desperate. He started getting drunk to forget about the horrors that plagued him. He started to run to the different things in the world. And with him, with his drinking every night and his constant antics, his wife, Cynthia, decided, you know what? I, I'm going to have to file for divorce. And soon this man who survived so many things was about to lose everything in his life. And one day in California, Zamperini was invited to a revival service. Many of you heard of Billy Graham and the revival services that he had throughout the country. He was invited to one of his crusades in Los Angeles. And as Billy Graham got up and preached about the gospel message and preached about Jesus Christ, Zamperini that day walked the aisle and accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior. And he details that never again did he have another nightmare in his life. His life was completely changed for the better. His transformation was so all-encompassing he returned to Japan to share the gospel with hundreds of Japanese troops that he once hated. That time they were behind the bars because they were in prison for war crimes. And Zamperini saw many of them except Christ. But you see this morning, I tell you that whole story to tell you this. He did not find healing from the scars and issues in his, in his life and just, ah, time heals all wounds. He didn't find it in going out drinking every night. No, he found healing for only one person that can offer it this morning. And that's Jesus Christ. Hey, you have something in your life that you battle with. You have a hurt. You have an emotional scar or pain, something that, man, nobody knows about. Give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. As Zamperini found out, he could find true healing through Jesus Christ. As a Samaritan woman found out here in John chapter 4, she said, hey, I could find salvation through Jesus Christ. But she also found healing. Bitterness, hurt, give it to the Lord. Give it to the Lord. He can offer you healing. If you're in John chapter 4, go back there. I want you to notice 
28. We notice, number one, that the Samaritan woman, when she found Jesus, she found salvation. But not only that, and again, I say, if that's all she found, praise the Lord, she found a home in heaven, and that's the most important decision you can ever make. But God is so good that he offered her salvation, he offered her healing. And then John chapter 4, verse 28. Actually, let's pick it up in verse 27 again. And upon this came his disciples, and they marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? Then notice this in verse 28. The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city, and saith to the men, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Not only did she find salvation, not only did she find healing, but she found hope. She found hope through Jesus Christ. Only God knew what the Samaritan woman was thinking and contemplating before their interaction. But I can only imagine as I read this passage that this woman must have felt defeated. She must have felt stuck. I'm sure she was looking for answers. I'm sure circumstances around her were dark and heavy and empty. But after she found Jesus, you read in verse 28, she didn't even bother grabbing her water pot that she brought with her. She said, man, her life was changed for the better because she found a new start. She found a hope in Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that she left and ran into town to tell others. And she arrived that day empty and defeated, feeling stuck. But when she found Jesus, she left full of hope. Saturday, that because she found Jesus and she realized he's the only one who can offer us true hope. I don't know your situation this morning. I don't know your circumstance this morning. But I can tell you this, don't give up. I can tell you this, don't give in. I can tell you this, the devil is going to try to sell you the lie that he does so many times to Christians that you're too far gone, you're in too heavy of a hole, you made too many bad decisions, maybe things around you look bleak, maybe you're in a serving situation that, man, you just don't see yourself getting out of, maybe there's things going on in your family that, man, it just looks so bleak and so dark and so empty, can I tell you, they gossip, turn to Jesus and find hope. You're not going to find hope in a book, you're not going to find hope in a psychologist, you're going to find a hope in Jesus Christ. I'm not sure if you're getting the theme this morning, but that's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus because he offered this woman not only salvation, he offered this woman not only healing, but he offered her hope. He offered her hope that can only be found through him. Can I plead with you this morning? Run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. Find hope in Jesus Christ. If you turn your Bible, Lamentations, I know that's Back in the Old Testament, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations. We're going to look in chapter 3. I want to show you a verse this morning. She found salvation. She found healing. But she found hope. Lamentations chapter 3. And if you're there, we're going to pick it up in verse 24. Notice this verse here. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. And notice this phrase here. Therefore will I hope in him. Our hope this morning, Christian, is in Jesus Christ. Our hope is not in politics. Our hope is not the leaders that are in our world and our city. Our hope is not in our education system. Our hope is not in the next generation. Our hope alone this morning is in Jesus Christ. Find hope in your life through Jesus Christ. You're in a circumstance that's dark. You're in a circumstance that's bleak. Don't buy into what the devil's telling you. Turn to Jesus and allow him to give you hope. She found salvation. She found healing. She found hope. But notice, we're going to look again. I'm sorry I'm making you 
flip back and forth here, but back in John chapter 4, we're going to look again at verse 29 through 30. We read this before, so you can just listen as I read if you're not there or follow along if you are. But she wrote, she says, come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? And notice verse 30. Then they went out of the city, the Samaritan people, remember, who hate the Jews, and came unto him, came unto Jesus. Jesus offered her salvation. He offered her healing. He offered her hope. And he also, through him, she found purpose in her life. Jesus used her to go back and tell the Samaritan people about him. And history tells us, and the Bible tells us both, that countless numbers of Samaritans were changed. Countless numbers of Samaritans were saved. There was a many, some people call it revival, that broke out in Samaria because this woman found Jesus. Can I tell you this morning, it does not matter your age. It does not matter your occupation. It does not matter the balance in your bank account. God has a plan and a purpose for every one of us this morning. But it can be found only through him. I pleaded with you this morning, walk with God. Surrender your will to God. Obey his word and what he commands and watch God use you in a great way. God can give you purpose in your life. So oftentimes, I'll ask a teenager or I'll ask somebody that we're working with, hey, what are you going to do when you know, I graduate high school? And I don't know. They have no direction. Don't know what's going on. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Shrug your shoulders. And so many times, just because we're adults, we think, oh, we're set. We're good. But no, God, you're breathing. God still has a plan for you. You're here this morning. God still has a purpose for you. But it's not going to be found in, in uh, not getting in the Bible. It's not going to be found in different things and work and trying to get a certain amount of money in your bank account. And that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But can I tell you this morning, true purpose and meaning in your life is going to be found only through Jesus Christ. You say, you don't know what, what I've gone through. You don't know my life. You don't know my mistakes. God, God can never use me. And I tell you, he used this woman who had five husbands. He used a liar and a deceiver in Jacob. He used a harlot in Rahab. He used a scared, insecure Gideon. He used a murderer and a moral David. He used the murderer of hundreds of Christians and the Apostle Paul. And he used many people right here changed your life that you could come up and give us your testimony. I think about my dad who's here this morning and, and his life and how he grew up from a, a split home and, and a divorce. And it caused him to make many poor decisions and uh, to get involved in things that he's not proud of or will t- to this day, unless you talk to him, won't talk about. But it was torn and battling alcohol and addiction and, man, going nowhere really in his life. And so one day when someone gave him a tract and he met my mom and she steered him towards getting saved and accepting Jesus Christ and his life was forever changed. A man who was in a dark, empty path has now found purpose in his life through Jesus Christ. And can I tell you this morning, I would not be here if it was not for that. I would not be before you with my Bible open telling you this truth from John chapter 4 if it was not for that. And can I tell you this morning that the same applies to you. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what mistakes you've made. Your life can be changed like that through Jesus Christ. Go to him, find him, seek him, and allow him to change your life. She found salvation. She found healing. She found purpose. And she found hope in Jesus Christ. Again, I don't know if you're here this morning, you're not sure you're saved. I challenge you, settle that today. Do not procrastinate. Don't put it aside. Nail it down. Accept Jesus Christ. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. Or maybe you're here this morning and you have a hurt that you're uh, struggling with. There's bitterness in your past that haunts you to this day. Can I tell you this morning? Give it to Jesus. Let him heal you and help you. Maybe you're here and you're in a circumstance. 
and you feel like there's no chance you'll ever get out, you have no hope in your life, whatever trial or difficulty you're facing this morning, run to Jesus. Run to Jesus and find hope. Or maybe you're here today and you're lost in the direction in your life. You feel like there's no purpose. Man, why am I here? God could never use me. Can I tell you this morning? I tell the kids, I tell the teenagers, and I'll tell you this morning, hey, run to Jesus and God will use you in a great way that you never could have imagined. He'll give you a fresh start starting today. But the common theme through all these truths in the scripture is one person, and that's Jesus Christ. That's why we're here this morning, folks. Not because of me, not because of pastor, not because of this building, not because of the name Northeast Baptist Church. We're here, we're gathered today in the name of Jesus Christ. And he's the only one that will bring true healing and change in your life. Hope, healing, salvation, purpose will only be found through Jesus Christ. I beg you this morning, seek him, find him, stay faithful to church, get in, your, get in the Bible, get to know the scriptures, get to know what God says, have a relationship with him as pastor challenges us week after week to know the Lord for yourself. And I promise you, you'll walk away just like the Samaritan woman walked away in John chapter 4. And man, you find salvation, you'll find healing, you'll find hope, you'll find purpose, and you'll find so much more that you never could have imagined. Every head bowed, every eye closed.